In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You've probably heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor and theologian. He came to prominence in the early 20th century at the same time as Hitler was growing in power and influence in Germany. By 1933, fearful of the power, the growing power of the Nazi party, Bonhoeffer decided to leave his congregation in Germany and go to London where he would serve two German-speaking congregations. He explained this decision to another theologian, Karl Barth. Barth, however, regarded this as Bonhoeffer running away from the real ministry that he was called to. And Barth rebuked his friend, saying, what of the German church? What of your home? What of your home? The Bible is filled with stories about God calling people to return to their homes. This may not always mean returning to the house you grew up in. It may not always mean returning to parents and siblings. But there are times in each of our lives when God calls us to return to a community, a people, a place from where we've come. Think, for example, about the story of Moses. Moses was raised in Egypt, but he fled the country as a young man. However, when God saw there was trouble in Egypt, God called Moses to return to his home. Or think about Jacob. As a young man, Jacob fled the land of his family because his brother Esau wanted to kill him. But God saw that these two should be reconciled, and God called Jacob home. We live in a culture that tells us that we should leave our homes and maybe never go back. We should always be moving further out into the world. We should always be expanding the sphere of our influence. We should become incre increasingly engaged with what's going on out there, out in the world. But there are times when God asks us the same question asked of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, what of your home? In the Old Testament passage that preceded the passage we read this morning, Elijah saw that the Israelites were falling away from God and they were turning to Baal so instead of, of allowing this to persist, Elijah performed a miracle demonstrating God's power above all other idols. This infuriated Jezebel, a Phoenician princess, so she ordered that Elijah should be killed. Elijah fled to Mount Horeb, where he found a cave. He was being hunted, he was tired, he could barely find the will to live, and he just wanted to rest in peace and safety. 
And then in this passage that we read today that preachers, myself included, love to talk about, God speaks to Elijah, not in a mighty wind, not in an earthquake, not in a great fire, but God speaks in the sound of sheer silence. But I want us to notice not how God spoke, but what God spoke to Elijah. God said, go, return to Damascus. You shall anoint Elisha as a prophet in your place. In other words, God was saying, go, return home. You have work to do. Especially for those of us who consider ourselves well-informed and educated and sophisticated, we're very aware of the countless ills and problems assailing our country and the world. We think about global warming or environmental destruction or the atrocities in Ukraine or the threat of inflation or hyperinflation. All of these are things that we should be aware of. They are significant. However, for many of us, it gets much easier to think about the problems way out there than it is to do something about the problems, the challenges in our own families, in our own homes. So what challenges do you see that are close to home? Is there a falling out in your family? Do you have a friend who's addicted to something that's destroying her life? Do you have neighbors or children or parents who won't speak to someone that they love? What about your home? This weekend, we remember two different holidays. We celebrate Father's Day and we commemorate Juneteenth. However, if we think about these days in a way that, that considers them too distant, too theoretical, we may inadvertently stifle their power. We limit, for example, the power of Juneteenth if we think that it's simply about the emancipation of black slaves out there in some other place a long time ago. However, we can give these days great power if we bring them closer to home. Juneteenth has real power if we start by thinking about our own city, our own neighborhoods, our own community. After this service is over, if you haven't been, I'd invite you to go over to Tolliver Hall. There's an art installation there on the history of redlining, and it shows a map that indicates the neighborhoods that couldn't get federally backed mortgages 80 years ago, nearly a century ago. Those neighborhoods are the same neighborhoods that are impoverished today. 80 years later, and there's still work for us to do in our own home, in our own city. The same is true of Father's Day, 
We, we belittle the power of this day if we think that it's just about what a nice paternal figure in our lives might have done for us at one point, sometime in the distant past or some other place. But if instead we think about Father's Day as a call that's much closer to home, it has real power. Think about where God may be calling you to show unconditional love, like the love of a perfect father, to someone in your life. Who in your neighborhood needs to know the presence of a loving paternal figure? In the gospel passage we read today, we hear of a man who was living on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. He was possessed by so many demons that he was called legion, referring to a Roman military unit with 5,000 infantry in it. He lived among the tombs. He wore no clothes. He terrified those in the surrounding countryside. And when Jesus arrived on the eastern edge of the shore of Galilee, this man fell to the ground in front of Jesus. And Jesus commanded the demons that were in him to go into a herd of swine, and these swine rushed over the edge of a cliff. And this man sat down at the feet of Jesus, and he began to listen to him teach. This man knew that the people of the surrounding countryside were afraid of him. He knew he wasn't welcome there. This man knew he wanted to leave, so he asked Jesus if he could follow him. And Jesus said, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. We're told that this man returned to his home, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. And do you know how the people of the town responded? If you do, please tell me, because I don't know the answer. The Bible doesn't tell us how the people responded. After all, this town had been terrified of him when he was screaming incoherently and running naked around the tombs. Would they get over that? Did they eventually welcome him? Did he eventually become a part of the community again? We don't know. Going home is not always easy. The Bible tells us that even Jesus returned to his hometown. And do you remember how the crowds reacted there? They tried to throw him off a cliff. They tried to kill him. When God does call us home, it's not always rainbows and butterflies that await us. In June of 1939, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was invited to come as a, as a visiting professor at Union Theological Seminary where he would teach in New York City. But within days of his arrival, he began to feel a deep angst. He remembered the words of his friend Karl Barth, what of the German church? What of your home? And within just two weeks of arriving in New York City, Dietrich Bonhoeffer decided to return to Germany. He wrote to another theologian, Reinhold Niebuhr, these words, I have come to the conclusion 
that I made a mistake in coming to America. I must live through this difficult period in our national history with the people of Germany. Bonhoeffer decided to return to Germany. He decided to return home. And he, he worked there to build up the church. He worked there to undermine the evils of Nazism. And for this, he was arrested. He was tried. He was thrown into jail. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer was put to death. Bonhoeffer is a modern-day martyr. He gave up his life out of his faith, out of his convictions. When God calls us to go home, it's not always easy, and it's never just to stand there. God calls us with work to do. God called Elijah to return to Damascus so that he could appoint God's successor for him. Jesus called this man who'd been possessed by demons to go back home so that he could proclaim the great deeds that God was doing in the world. God called Dietrich Bonhoeffer to return to Germany to proclaim the good news of God and undermine the evils and darkness of Nazism. How about you? Might God be calling you to return home, to return to a place or a community or a people that you know well, that you could influence, that you could guide, that you could strengthen? Could God be calling you to serve in that place? In the words of Karl Barth, what of your home? Amen.